Welcome to Sales Talk. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. And I'm Ron Terry. And today we have Don here to talk to us about how he has been successful talking to customers about brand new Linux opportunities. Yes. You know how sometimes when you're looking for a potential customer and the biggest building on the block grabs your attention and you think, if only I could sell Linux to those guys. (laughs) Yeah. And we actually did it. Well, what did you do? Well, for the first year and a half, we went there and took them to lunch and didn't sell them anything. Because this customer had a very large SAP deployment, but all of it was on Windows. And they also had a fairly significant Unix portfolio, but no Linux. Okay. And they were really considering that they wanted to do Linux, and they knew sometime that it could save them money and it would be what they needed, but it just took them a long time to get through the due diligence and to figure out what they were actually going to do. So we had a salesperson who lived very close to where they were. He was there a lot, and then he would bring me to come and meet some of their technical persons. So when it came time for them to actually evaluate and make moves, they did an RFP and sent it to Red Hat and to us. Because anyone evaluating the enterprise Linux market, it really comes down to those two players. Absolutely. What was that first step that they were looking at? Was it to replace hosts for the SAP? What they were doing, and it was a very measured approach to implementation, is that they said, okay, we have a project that involves 40 servers. We think that Linux will be really successful in our environment, and we can offer it generally. Because this is a Fortune 20 company. So very large. So it's going to be easy for us to figure out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's very large. So it's one of 20, right? (laughs) Right. So they said, okay, we have this small portfolio of servers. That's a project. It's low risk for us, but we want to start out with that in Linux. And by doing that and making the implementation for that, not simply for those 40 servers, but done in anticipation of making that a potential standard corporate-wide for server deployment. So in a lot of ways, the preparation that went into those 40 servers was huge. The forethought that they were putting into it, realizing, oh, yeah. we want this to deploy farther than this. Yeah. We're not just going to keep... That's cool. Now, is that their decision or was that something that you... That was their to... decision, and we encouraged them in that process. And, of course, you know, they always have questions like, oh, we can't find any SUSE Linux talent out there to hire. I said, well, if you set this out as your standard and you have somebody that's already trained in Linux, yeah, it's a small jump. And if they're on board with it, it's going to be that much better and they'll be more broadly minded and able to be more evaluative in their approach. So, And they bought that. Yeah, well, they did. Well, here's what happened. You know, we've been working on this, working on it, and it seems like pouring molasses because nothing appears to be happening. I go through the RFP response, and we had our own RFP response team Mm -hmm. internally that contributed a lot to that, but I spent a lot of time pouring over a half a dozen questions that I knew were the absolute keys to making it happen. One of those was ISV support. Ah, which were very strong. Yes, exactly, because for them, they're like, We have these ISV relationships that are already established. We're not going to be changing those. If you can't support them, we're not interested. And the other thing is, 
if we're looking at new enterprise applications down the road, we want to know that it will be able to run on your Linux. And then we won't have to go put Red Hat in here or, or right. whoever else's Linux because X Fender says so. Well, were those the ones that they already had relationships with? Were those ones we already had on our list of supported ISVs? Yes, most of them were. Now, we isolated some of them down to a single instance where the effort was really not worth it. You know, and so in reality, in the end, they actually still have a few Red Hat servers because of those. But the ratio is about 450 to 1 right now. (laughs) That's good. We like that. Yeah. So the first wave, we finished the RFP. They said, we have some security concerns because we found this document on Red Hat security and we can't find anything comparative on SLUS security. And I came to this meeting, I'd read through the entire 76-page Red Hat document, I was all ready to go. We sit down in the meeting, and I I said to the sales rep before we go in, I said, okay, I'm going to take this document, and I'm going to sit down with their security team, and we'll go over every single piece of it, and I'll tell them exactly how it relates to SLES. I don't care if it takes me a couple days, it's going to happen. So that's what I was going in this meeting prepared to do, and they're like, well, you know, the servers arrive next week. The 40 servers. I said, (laughs) really? Yeah, well, I mean, we really want to start deploying now. I'm like, okay. Okay. (laughs) So that's how the announcement came that we were the official (laughs) Linux of this company, which meant at the time zero deployments, but 40 at the time. Right, but potentially, obviously, over 400. Right, right. Yeah, and actually, the last I knew, we were at 840-something SLES servers within their environment in about two years. Now, what were the key things that you hit on that made them go with SLES instead of Red Hat? Well, I think some of it was being present to have that relationship with the customer. Yep. Because most of the time, if you're not there, they got to really love you. Yeah. But if you're there, it's a lot easier. You know, they're used to seeing you. They like you. They know if you have an issue, you're going to be assisting them in resolving it. Being a personal presence in that account has meant a lot, especially in the beginning. I tell people it's sort of like when you have a small child as a baby, you got to change diapers every couple hours. I mean, you're on it all the time. As they get older, they need less and less of me, right? So I, I only talk with them once every couple of weeks now, but I am going up there for an update following BrainShare this year because they like to hear from me and they like to yep. get the swag. In fact, now they have a DSE. Oh, cool. So, yeah, they have a full-time engineer on site. That makes a huge difference, just like we were talking about in the sales process. To have somebody right there that's very responsive, especially for large corporations, to feel as though they're the most important customer. And that's actually a key thing that you've done with this account that I think's really been successful, which is, one, you got a DSE in there. So we have somebody on site all the time. And the other thing is that you brought Ron in. And you brought Ron in to do training. Yeah, we told them, listen, they're all like, well, there's no public training being offered in Columbus. And we're like, well, how many people do you need trained? (laughs) And you can customize it 
to fit the portfolio. So they yeah. actually went through that, yeah, we that had a couple evaluation of, thing yeah, exactly. of their own staffing Tec- so they knew who the had technical skill assessment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then we ended up having two custom engagements at two of their different sites where we taught their people essentially this said material. Very bright group of people, I have to admit. Oh yeah, some yeah, smart asking folks. some really good questions that you know you push me as a trainer and a subject matter expert. But it was yeah, it makes all the difference in the world to have again, as Aaron pointed out the on-site person all the time, and then the training that gets them up to the point where you yeah. know they can ask their questions and then they feel comfortable with it, and then they have that person they can talk to all the time. The services component of this is, is really key. And a lot of it is typical of a really large organization, that you have an architecture team that sort of sets direction, right? And that was where we were starting as we were doing the sales process, was all with the architectural architects, right? And then they had a build team that actually has to know how to turn it into a something they can offer, right? And then the support team is the third phase. Overall that, you have a, a relatively artificial security layer of people who don't really have technical expertise on the operating system itself, but they love Procedures? Playing nanny. <laughs> yes, yeah. playing nanny, saying you shouldn't do that and we need to audit this and all of that. So that's typical IT infrastructure. And then they already had some strategic directions in place like Active Directory integration. That project was being so delayed that I was able to come and help them stopgap with some things with OpenLDAP and SLES oh, fantastic. Uh, to bridge that time frame. But yeah, those are the kind of things when you're able to be responsive to the customer, especially, and build a relationship. So when we started there, obviously they had zero Linux persons and they hired these two guys and I don't know how they found them, but they were awesome. (laughs) And I told them, you guys are so lucky to start with people with this kind of skill, they have this kind of dedication, and they have their own deployment mechanism with a web front end that based on their own project stuff that generates an auto yes script with the MAC address of the server, and it goes out and builds the thing. I mean, it's amazing. It's uh, very customized, right? So It's Linux. Yeah, well, <laughs> but uh, they've got some very talented scripting persons that are doing a lot of things. And in the process, I tried not to say, well, we have this offering that's, you know, I didn't want to discourage that yeah. part because a lot of our portfolio, while it sounded like, hey, we could sell them this, the reality is, hey, you know, I want them to get to the end of the free stuff and then start asking me questions. I want them to say, hey, SMT is not cutting it for me here. What do you have after that? Instead of me coming in and leading with overkill, I'd rather have them ask me. That's a really good point there, I think, you know, and how having skillful people that can work with the tools that we can give them and build their own solutions don't discourage that. You, you really <laughs> want that because those people because, will be your yeah, strongest they will advocates. Be faithful. They're the ones exactly. that have the the Susa geekos up on the yeah, up yeah. on their thing for everybody to see. Exactly. I mean, because we, we were the ones who enabled them to be creative, to be the engineers that engineered the solution for them, and we were you know trying to force it. Well, I'm sorry, it's our way or the highway. And so I constantly, as a trainer, get in, and I'd love to see those people. They're our biggest advocate in there once we're there. The other thing is, a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with people who are new to Linux or new to really any field like that, one of the key things is they don't even understand the pains. 
that they're yeah. going to hit yet. So yeah. it's probably better to let them start out with that small project, let them work, let them realize that, you know what, sometimes making identical images for 400 different machines can be challenging. Yeah. And yes, you can yeah. do it on your own, but once you've done that, and then you see, oh my gosh, I could have done that all with SUSE Studio, or something like that. Yeah. It's much easier to have that conversation later when they understand, no, this really is going to save me time and make more secure systems. Well, and I think, too, our approach to virtualization really helped in their environment because they are a huge VMware shop. And every time when the Red Hat people came, they would give me a report. Cool. So they, they were like, yeah, the Red Hat people were here last week. And all they were saying is, we can get rid of all your VMware and save you a ton of money. And we're like, this is a strategic direction for us. We already have a team of people, and it's in production, and it's running awesomely. We're not looking to get rid of that. Yeah. In fact, we want to run some of our Linux instances on that and some of them on physical hardware. Yep. And we're going to have to decide on that based on project and appropriateness for the workload. Yep. So our willingness to be able to listen to that and work with them on which elements of the VMware driver pack do you really need? And they were using HP Blade servers. Which elements of the ProReliance support pack do you really need on there? You know, not the stuff that they say, you must run all, you know, not those kind of things, the real thing. Yeah. So having somebody that would be willing to work with them on the real implementation of that really was helpful for them. Since this was really a new Linux customers, yes. what do you have as far as suggestions? Some of the things that you've learned that could help other people? Like you mentioned classic sales, it was all about relationships and it was really right, putting the time right. there. But what are some of the other key things? Like you mentioned VMware, I love that because we've done a lot of time and effort to make sure that SLES and all of our SUSE products runs very, very efficiently both as a guest and a host on yes. VMware. And those guys were at VMworld and came through the booth at VMworld, too, we were able to interact with them there. The other thing is, like you said, look for ways where we have technology partners or expertise in-house that we can get on a conference call, that we can say, you know, hey, this person is endorsing us in one way, like the SAP relationship. That oh. really has taken longer. Initially, we look at it, we're like, well, that's what I thought where you were going to go. SAP servers. <laughs> yeah. We should be able to get there. But that was actually the slowest. The first thing that they moved was an IBM WebSphere farm. Wow. Yeah. And they moved it off of AIX. So IBM had sort of a mixed yeah. love there. Yeah. with that whole deal. But it's been good for us to be able to get those kind of experts on the phone, somebody that's already been through the SAP business, somebody that's already done it with VMware. We actually had a very good bump up in the number of subscriptions just in the oh. Q3, in excess of a million eight. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. That's just slash subscriptions, so awesome. that's pretty cool. Fantastic. Well, Don, thanks a lot for taking the time to sit down and talk to Ron and I about how you've been successful selling Linux to brand new customers who didn't have Linux before. This episode of Sales Talk is brought to you by SUSE. You can send us feedback at salestalk at SUSE.com. You can have this episode and others automatically delivered to your iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Please look for the Novell in Hand app in the Apple App Store or the Android Market. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.